0: I'm a I'm hit Here we go! What's up, y'all? I am Chris chouse Welcome back to the show, man. I just peeked my mic and probably their earbuds, but hey. We got Jake, we got Chris in the house. Uh, what's going on, fellas? How are we doing? Uh,
1: we're sitting here trying to make funny faces to make you laugh as you were doing that, and you held your composure quite well. Well done. So even well done. though the mic may have peaked, you, you held it all together. I would have totally lost it and had to start over.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's called professionalism. I don't have
1: a whole lot of that. <laughs> yeah, I no, did that's, not that's... get here
2: because of professionalism. I'll tell you that. Fair enough. No, I mean, Charles just has the composure and stoic presence, you know? So... Well done, sir.
0: Of a what? I was
2: waiting for Yeah, a... so was I. I. was waiting for it. Like <laughs> I was. Like I mean, I there. No, th- there was a punchline, but you know what? No, no punchline today.
0: Perfect. Thank you, sir. I will take that with great, uh, you know, courtesy and pleasure. I'm going
2: to sit Thank here and think, think of one. And as soon as I think of one, Sto- I'm alerting st- it out. He has the stoic <laughs> presence of a blade of grass. Oh, you bastard.
0: You know, you could have said like Greek or, or, God or something. I, or,
2: or the tree in your yard that
0: you had to yeah. uh, re-erect. Yeah, it was not not your
1: yard is your business. (laughs) Yeah, the
0: wood in the yard. It was not erect, And I had to make it fully erect again. (laughs) Damn rain. But hey, you know what, man? We're talking uh, about what, man? We're Brandon Spikes. What the hell happened to Spikes, man? I heard he got into an accident. Yeah. So uh, Brandon Spikes, uh, formerly, well, a former uh, Florida
2: Gator linebacker and of multiple NFL teams now retired, apparently was uh, (laughs) was doing some traveling. And we don't have a video of this, but he just posted a photo on his own Twitter account saying just got hit by a freaking airport bus. (laughs) Y'all pray for your boy. (laughs) There's a picture of him on a stretcher with like a neck brace on, yet he was still okay enough to tweet out this picture. I want to know what the bus looks like. Well, what's funny about it is like, who took the damn picture? Like, he he yes. did. He did. <laughs> he
1: can't. He's laying He's on, a on stretcher the stretcher <laughs> in the picture. So he literally probably said, hey, bro, take this picture for me real quick and tweet this out. Because it's not even him that took the picture. I mean, his eyes are closed on the stretcher, but this is a very large human. And are we talking about like, it says airport bus. Do you think we're talking about like a full-size bus? It's
2: or, It's got to be a shuttle.
1: Like, that's that's what what like a, a shuttle bus. It, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. Yeah. if it was a full-size bus, maybe not <laughs> tweeting the picture of it. Just saying.
0: Uh, you know, I think yeah. he probably destroyed the bus as big of a human being as he is. He dropped his shoulder like he was in camp. Large and, human. You know, and he was doing the bags.
1: Yeah. I, all I know is his pecs are still very erect. <laughs>
0: Erection is the key word today. They are plump
1: right now. I'm staring at the picture. My bad,
0: Brandon. We're going to have to put the alarm bells out every time we say erect today because that's going to be the word of the day. Word of the day. Erection. Or any form of that word. But you know who's got an erection today is Mister uh, Mika Fitzpatrick. He signs a mammoth oh, yeah. deal, baby. Let's talk about this. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers throwing money around now that Big Ben is gone. He gets what eighteen point four million dollars per year. A massive deal. I'm, I don't know. I'm never one to believe that a safety. I, I don't want to say it that way because that's that's wrong. I believe a safety should get paid. But is it money worth spending on your roster? It is very much debatable because you got to be top of the top. And, and Fitzpatrick is top of the top. But you're talking like, you know, I don't want to see the Bills do that with like a Jordan Poyer whose contract is coming up because 18.4 million dollars is too much money for uh, safety,
1: too much money for me. I mean, yeah. when you think about like an NFL franchise, when you think about an identity of a defense. When you think about the guys who make bajillions of dollars out there on defense, very few of them over history have been at the safety position. Honestly, there's probably more than I can say, but there's two that really come to the top of my mind, you know, right off the bat it's Ed Reed Reed and it's Troy Polamalu outside of that. Like I'd have to sit here and think for a little bit of some absolute difference makers at the safety position, and to spend that kind of money on a position like that love minka fitzpatrick but that that's pretty expensive
2: yeah i mean he's he's making more money per year than jamal adams he got more in guaranteed money than justin simmons i mean and and yeah like you guys said fitzpatrick is he is he one of the best safeties in the league absolutely yes, he's still 25 26 years old so yes yep. but i mean to pay that much money for a safety Yeah. It's a little bit, I mean, I could see if they are going to pay that kind of money to not that he's, he's not an impact player, but you play, you pay that to, you know, a pass rusher, like someone that's going to be involved and be a difference maker every single down where the safety position, you aren't necessarily, you know, making an impact every single time.
1: But I think we can kind of look at this situation kind of similar to maybe kind of what we even see with the the chargers this year, right? We have Mm -hmm. teams that are going to start spending crazy money on defensive players because they're not paying their quarterbacks anything as of right now. So by them, you know, drafting Kenny Pickett, they don't have to worry about a big salary for the next four years, five years, technically, you know what I mean? So, I mean, this is, I think this is going to be something that we see. If they want to try to still be competitive with a young rookie, they're going to overpay at other positions that maybe they shouldn't because they can afford to right now.
0: And that's where I was going because, I mean, it was, it's, it's the copycat league, Nate. Of the NFL, where rookie quarterbacks on their rookie deals, they can build around and hopefully they're going to win that Super Bowl within that four year, 10 year of that rookie contract. But I mean, 18.4 million dollars. I mean, I just, I can't, man. We're talking about safeties. I mean, we're talking best safeties in the league. It was uh, the Ronnie lots back in the day. It was Charles, Charles uh, Woodson. When he switched over to safety, he was pretty much a difference maker as well. But I mean, 18.4, you're talking quarterback money for a safety who I get was in very much a, you know, he made a lot of plays. Let's not kid ourselves. He makes tackles. He makes interceptions, takes them to the house. But I mean, that's just, I don't know, man is Pittsburgh really going to be in the running with a Kenny Pickett or a, a Mitchie Biscuits in the next two to three years? I mean, it's highly debatable, right? So I don't yeah. know. I, I don't think I would have spent that money. And uh, I
2: think the reason the reason why they did it is because next season, they have $54 million in available cap space. So they're like, okay, well, we have this much money. We aren't going to have to sign any big extensions or contracts, you know, really going forward. So let's drop the money on Fitzpatrick now. But, and also remember, they gave up the draft picks to get him to True. begin with.
0: So you got to pay off your draft picks. I completely understand, but Hey man, you guys are like this one Hunter Renfro third and Renfro gets a contract extension two years, $32 million for Wes Welker light, because you know, I, I don't care. He is one of the best route runners in the entire NFL. And I think, his trajectory, especially for fantasy football, is just going to keep going up and up now that Adams is on the field. I think, you know, find path to targets are always going to be the issue when you bring an elite level wide receiver to the club. But third and Renfro, I'm, I'm stealing that because I love it. Third and Renfro is going to be, you know, wide open basically all day long.
1: You don't steal it. I, I gifted it to everyone. I okay? stole it. I mean, I, I, I gladly handed it over. You can't Thank steal you. something that was given. However, true. I am of the opinion, and I think we've talked about this at some point in the past episodes, I am so far not off the Hunter Renfro bandwagon, despite them still having Devontae Adams and Darren Waller and other options there. I still love some Hunter Renfro because I feel like he's just going to be that forgotten dude in this offense and somebody that can run routes like he can and get open and already has the chemistry with Carr. He may not have the big, huge, you know, receiving yardage, but this dude could just rack up some reception receptions, and I will not be surprised. I've said it before; I'm gonna say it again: ten plus touchdowns this season for Hunter Renfro would not surprise me.
2: I think with with yeah. Renfro, I mean the the money he's getting right now on on an average, you know, yearly basis, it's top twenty in the league for all wide receivers. And while I think that's a little bit much, when I look at the receivers that are making less money than him, there are only a couple that stand out where I was like, okay, probably not, but everyone else in that list. I'm like, yep, makes sense. So I think the money is, it's fine for him to be getting it. I do think with the addition of Devontae Adams, you know, you have Darren Waller there as well. That's going to take a lot of pressure off of Renfro, especially going over the middle. I mean, not that he was being double covered before, but the defense is going to be focusing so much on Waller and Adams that Renfro is just going to get a free release every single time. And so, you know, 110, 120 plus targets is absolutely within the realm of possibility for him this year. Can anybody tell I, me who
1: the other receiver is on the outside opposite of Devonte Adams without Zay looking? Jones?
0: It doesn't exist. No, Zay Jones is in Jacksonville the, they, now. <laughs> that's right. They got rid of the position. <laughs> it's Demarcus Robinson, Robinson, did the other to... outside receiver. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that's we're right. not competing with Demarcus a whole lot. Robinson
1: Yes. So I mean Yikes. you got Waller, you got Adams, and they're gonna command a lot of attention. And Hunter Renfro is just gonna be the little dude that just gets lost somewhere on the field and just rack up reception. I am I am still all over Hunter Renfro.
0: Remember the arguments that everyone was having when, you know, okay, fine. It's Peyton Manning when Manning went to Denver and I mean, they had the plethora of talent at the wide receiver tight end, you know, Wes Welker was there Demarius Thomas and uh, Julius Thomas, et cetera. Like, I mean, the, the list went on and on with how many weapons they had in, in Denver. I'm not saying Derek Carr is Peyton Manning. Relax. I'm just saying that, you he's know, close. the argument for he's, he's <laughs> close. He's not that close, but Hey, but that, but that was the argument. It was path to targets. Oh, you can't feed all these guys one ball to go around, et cetera, et cetera. So even if you're talking twenty five percent less than what a Peyton Manning would do statistically on his best season in Denver, or thirty percent, let's get, let's say for Derek Carr, thirty percent less you still have a lot of targets that are going to be going around. And even if this run game gets going to decent levels where no stack boxes are there and you're getting at least four and a half yards per carry, that play action pass is going to be there all day long. You cannot double team any one of these wide receivers all day long. And he's going to go and he's going to find the open man, Derek Carr, will all every single Sunday. So for me, could it be, uh, you know, I'm always about when you talk about a, a, a good talent coming to a loaded offense. Now you have, have the ability of not necessarily path to targets, but you got path to efficiency. And this is what we're going to see in, in Vegas this year is a lot of efficient targets going for big scores or big yards or lots of PPR upside. I, I I love it for Hunter Renfro because I think that he's, especially where he's being drafted. I mean, it's going to be flex appeal and you don't even have to think about it.
1: And when you look at their schedule, four of his first five games are against high powered offenses where, you know, they're going to have to throw the ball a lot. You got the chargers, Arizona, Denver and Kansas City for the first five weeks that's four games that the pedal is going to have to stay you know firmly pushed to the floor uh so yeah I, I am still all over because that's not the only games they have all year there's a ton of games throughout the season that they're going to have to continue to score. just look at the division they're in the division alone is six games right there that they're going to have to continue to just go out there and try to score 30 plus points
0: you know what I'll yeah,
2: yeah, we'll we'll get with that, that. good I was, I was just going to say with, with, uh, you know, with Renfro and their schedule, like, yeah, they're, you know, the division certainly has gotten a lot better, but I think Vegas is still going to be, they're going to have to keep throwing the ball, you know, especially, you know, with the, with the way that this team goes with that defense that they have. Um, I mean, Renfro could have himself a season, not just with touchdowns, like targets, receptions, yards. I mean, he could very well finish as a low end wide receiver one this year.
1: Now I will say
0: the playoff
1: schedule for the Raiders is absolutely brutal in fantasy football from weeks 13 through 17. They play the chargers, Rams, Patriots, Steelers, and 49ers. Ouch. Overall pretty brutal matchups down the stretch. Not that that could,
0: that could benefit Renfro because of the fact that they're going to try to lock up Waller and Adams. So exactly good,
1: good games. Exactly. When you look at these defenses that have these elite secondaries, they're not all going to be able to focus on Renfro. <laughs> That's not what they're going to be focused on. So as long as, as long as Waller and uh, Adams are healthy, end of season, Renfro could carry you down the stretch
0: again. Unreal stuff, man. You know we got to give props to Leor, man. You guys remember our boy Leor? Of course, he of was course. like he was like ten years ahead of everybody on the Hunter Renfro bandwagon. He said it on this show way back in the day when we had it on Patreon. But hell. Lear, I'll give you your props even though. Yeah, I know you're listening, buddy. How how you doing, man? How you yeah. doing? But, you know, should we move on? Let's go, David Johnson, man. Visiting the New Orleans Saints on Monday. And I, I mean, Chris is uh, shaking his head. Jake's rolling his eyes. I got to bring it up because it's news. <laughs> Shit, y'all. Like, come on. Don't be stealing the thunder. David Johnson's got what? Maybe a quarter tank left in the gas there or what?
2: A quarter. I mean, you don't think he's, you know. <laughs> he's late. on empty? Yeah, I mean, especially with the way gas prices are right now, he's yeah. probably well on empty, yeah. What worries
1: me the most about this, and I'm not overly worried, I'm talking about this is like a 6% on my give-a-shit meter. You know what I mean? Like, I really don't care. Right. But it does just lead me to believe slightly, are they doing this because maybe they're worried about Alvin Kamara's legal issues somewhat, mm. and they just want to have another back that's capable of catching passes out of the backfield in no way? is david johnson alvin kamara but if they're a little bit worried mark ingram is also not alvin kamara and they would need some more help when you look at the rest of the depth chart they got tony jones jr dwayne washington divine ozigbo i mean come on there's not a whole lot there really my to, boy
0: to, abram smith my boy abram smith okay, come on
1: a, he is number six okay. on the depth chart okay number you can stop it chris six.
0: okay he says he
1: even the saints don't care about him because he's on the bottom of the depth chart. Okay. So just, I not...
0: understand
1: <laughs> it's just one of those things that that's the only thing that I take away from this is okay. If they're looking at other running backs, even though David Johnson sucks, is it for a reason? And
2: are we going to hear some Kamara news soon? I feel like David Johnson at this point in his career, you know, 31 years old. Yeah. He's going to get you 30 receptions, you know, probably what a couple hundred rushing yards, Um, had a decent season with Houston in 2020, but at this point, I think David Johnson is kind of like that. He's like that beer in like in like a seasonal variety pack where you don't really want to drink it because it's the last like part left in the variety pack. So you kind of leave it in your fridge. And then whenever you have friends come over, you're like, like, Hey, you got a beer. It's like, well, I got, I got this David Johnson. It's not really good, but it's beer. You you, you try to
0: sell that beer to your friends. Is what you do. This is one of the best beers ever on it.
2: you pawn it off to them, hoping that they'll take it. And just that way, you don't have to worry about it anymore. That's kind of what David Johnson is right now with the Saints.
0: Oh, good Lord, David. I tried, buddy. I tried to, uh, DJ to give you some positivity. But hey, don't you guys dare talk bad about, about Abram Smith. I'm telling you right now, man. Sleeper! Undrafted rookie free agent. He's going to be a thousand-yard rusher in this league. You
2: watch. You, oh, you, you won't, dra- you won't draft. You
0: What kind him. of
1: beer are you drinking? I'm drinking a lot right now. It's
0: good stuff. <laughs> Charles, will you draft him? I will not draft him. He will be a priority wafer wire pickup <laughs> as he should be. But I'm, I got high hopes, man. You know, I, I love me some Abram Smith, former linebacker okay. converted okay. into a running back. He runs freaking with power and speed. How can you hate that shit? I love it, man. I love it all day long. Listen, but you- Six on the depth chart. Because he's undrafted rookie free agent, you know how this NFL <laughs> works. You he'll, gotta he'll, he'll, your climb. he'll climb the charts. He'll climb Thank the charts. You. He'll he'll get to number three by training camp, and then you guys. ooh, remember Chow said that Abram Smith guy was good, and now look.
2: God, can
0: I you don't know if we'll no say respect. That.
2: <laughs> if it happens, I will eat that crow. Fair enough. Fair the next enough.
1: thing you know, they're going to be working out Le'Veon Bell too.
0: Probably, so. probably. That's how it's going to go. And, <laughs> and it's Adrian gonna Peterson. Yeah, going to make yeah make me eat my words, but. Speaking of retirement and debating it and Robbie Anderson, this one was kind of a shocker seeing him talking and the retirement. But I mean, if you're getting balls thrown from Sam Darnold and I mean, PJ Walker, I mean, I might consider retirement too, but this is coming kind of coming out of left field. I mean, is, does that mean that the Carolina Panthers are more dysfunctional than we had envisioned and uh, thought about? Because I thought Robbie was still going to be, you know, excited to play for this team. I don't,
1: I think he kind of hit it on the head with he's going to have to deal with Sam Darnold or or whatever, even though reports are coming out that, you know, Carolina is in the Baker Mayfield hunt. If they can get him, they're trying to work on salaries. So is Baker Mayfield going to be a huge upgrade over Sam Darnold for Robbie Anderson? Probably not, because Baker not going to go deep down the field anyway. I think I think Robbie Anderson is one of those guys who. And I think we're all guilty of it. Like we look at what he was not only with the jets, but when he first got to Carolina, we're like, all right, this guy kind of has a role on an offense because of his playmaking ability deep down the field, but really does he, because it just doesn't seem like it happens very consistently. And it feels like we're hanging on to a few big games that we're hoping turn into like a season long's worth of a solid wide receiver season. It's just, it hasn't really been there very much for Robbie Anderson I mean, the team is, of course, dysfunctional. I mean, we saw that last year with the whole quarterback carousel and overpaying Cam Newton for absolutely nothing. And they're going to have Baker. They're not going to have Baker. They're going after Deshaun Watson. They're not going to get – I mean, it's just – it's going to be a mess in Carolina. And a lot of that has to do with Matt Rule absolutely sucking as an NFL
2: head coach. That, that's a fact right there. I mean, Robbie Anderson, looking at his numbers, he's had two seasons of 900 or more receiving yards. You know, everything else after that isn't anything spectacular. And I think with Robbie Anderson, he came out and he said, pretty much, you know, was like, I'm not gonna play for the Panthers if you guys, you know, trade or or go after Baker Mayfield. I do think Cleveland holds on to Baker, especially with everything that's going on with Deshaun Watson, Mm. which means you're gonna be stuck with Sam Darnold and then maybe Matt Corral at some point, right? So with Robbie Anderson, I mean, Anderson is not a a wide receiver one anywhere Mm. for the most part. Never, never was. He's a he's a complimentary receiver and Is Carolina the best situation? No, but I mean, I don't see, I don't see Carolina trading him either. So if he really wants to retire because, you know, he's not happy with his current situation, then. Don't let the door hit you on the way out, bud. Uh, you're not gonna really be missed. Uh, nobody's Sorry. gonna
1: miss Robbie Anderson. Ow. Nobody's gonna be like, damn, Robbie Anderson retired. You know, nobody's gonna be out there like, damn, man, one of my favorite players. No, ain't nobody saying <laughs> nobody even knows how
2: to spell his name. Is it with a Y True. or an IE? Nobody I-E, know. Right. Yeah, yeah. It is, it is, it is IE, but also, I mean, you're like sometimes why. You're, Everyone's like, you know what? Damn it. Like, I was really hoping that he was gonna stay in the NFL so I could take him in the 21st round. Yeah. Said okay. no one.
1: But see, ever. if it's
0: is it IE? Is it R O B B I E? It's it I-E. it's yeah. IE. Then I-E. how come on pro football reference? It's with a Y. Why? Because they don't have an editor there. <laughs> don't know no. it's because
1: nobody cares. Nobody, it's, it's Robbie Anderson. They're like, put a Y, put an
2: IE. Nobody's yeah. gonna question it because why it's Robbie Anderson. Just put it It's an like I-E. if someone tried to spell <laughs> so, it's like someone tried to spell my name. They're like, you know what. K-R-I-S. Nope, that's not right. Yeah, well, we don't really care, so that's how we're going to (laughs) spell it. Nobody's going to
1: question it, because you know what? You can still spell
2: Chris that way.
0: Darn right. As long as it's
1: Robbie, and it ends with an E somehow, that sound, who cares how you spell it?
0: That's it, man. Unreal. Robbie, I mean, what does it do to the deep threat appeal, though, on this team? I don't really think they got somebody that can, you know, at least make defenses honest. So then for either, either or, for Sam Darnold or for rookie Matt Corral, I mean, that's... That's a problem because now you're going to have the defenses pinching up just a little bit more. You're going to have the pressure coming at the quarter just a little bit more. Um, This bodes very, very uh, not well for the Carolina Panthers offense. And that's going to maybe preclude me from picking any of them, including your boy, DJ Moore, Chris. All
2: right. So as far as a deep threat, I mean, when you look at deep threat for what Carolina has, um, let's not forget. They have your former boy Andre Roberts on the team, all right? Yeah. Quick returning he's
0: like returning specialist.
2: I think he's like thirty five years old, so he's Correct. not burning anybody. No. Um. You have Terrence Marshall uh, Jr. coming out of the. I slide. do like him. I like. I like. I like he's him good. as well. Is he going to be is, a burner? Is he, that's going to. Is, he, is no. he
0: another? Is he another right. Robbie Anderson?
1: Mm-mm. No, not even. I close. Mean, no. <laughs> But he can get some contested catches. He's not going to burn sure. anybody, but he can make the 50-50 sure. catch.
2: Right. And also Sam Darnold's way. not throwing the ball 60 yards down the field. So I think we're we forgetting about a big name, name here, the top
1: off. I'm pretty sure we're forgetting about a pretty big name on this roster. It's probably the, one of the coolest names in the NFL, and I just saw it. Never even heard of the dude. But Charleston Rambo has to be damn good at wide receiver. <laughs> <laughs> the dude's name Wait. is Charleston
2: Rambo. No. He's isn't, the, he like, isn't he he's, like 10th on the depth chart?
1: He's oh, maybe even enough. further down. Yeah. I, it could be further than 10. It's which, He's which? the
0: Abram Smith of wide receivers. Yes.
1: But the but dude's that, last that name be, is Rambo. It, it get might in be the, the coolest ball. name in football. Yeah. Yes. Charleston Rambo. Get the hell out of here with a name like that. I love that. Yeah. It makes see? me hate my name.
2: <laughs> Change so, your name because... tomorrow. <laughs> maybe it means that it's going to be more more looks for your boy. Tommy tremble.
0: There we go. Finally. See, now everything's <laughs> coming to fruition. Tremble time.
1: It also means that Christian McCaffrey is going to be hurt by Week Three because he's the only one Basically, getting the ball. That's yeah. right.
0: He's going to he's going to have a hundred receptions yeah. and by Week Six he's, and B, he's going to get a Derrick Henry workload and he's going that's to be done. Right. Yep. And then they're firing Matt Rule the next day because it happens every time. But how about Mr. Tyreek Hill? He starts his own podcast because you know Uh, he decided to be competitive with us. But hey, nobody who is he? Draymond Green exactly. I mean, come on, man. Both these guys are talking a little too much for me right now. And Green bugs me right now. Don't even don't even bring up Draymond Green's name on this podcast again, Chris. Please don't tell you. But Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill. He starts talking on his podcast about you know he was he was wanting to. Vent out some issues he had with the chiefs apparently. And he had quite a few. And the one that I got the best and I got the biggest chuckle out of was they, uh, he, uh, his buddy asked him, you know, who's more accurate Mahomes or Tua. And he says, I'm going with Tua all day and quotes. And I just, am. Um, there's, there's got to be something underlining where there was some beef or something from KC because nobody in their damn right mind would say that about uh, a quarterback like Mahomes versus you don't Tua. say that and actually mean it.
2: You say it because totally. you want to throw shade at someone or you, know, you, you want to just, you know,
0: that. favor your quarterback because you're on right. a new team. Because you are targets this year.
2: That's right. Don't get me wrong. Tua is a very accurate quarterback. Um, even even from 20 yards beyond deep passing, when you look at his, you know, advanced stats, sure, he is an accurate deep ball passer. He just doesn't throw the ball beyond 20 yards very often. But Patrick Mahomes is a different animal. The guy is just he's a different player. And if I to say that Tua is more accurate, it's like, okay, what he's gonna he's gonna throw it five to seven yards more accurately. Okay, well, so what? Like I want a guy that's gonna be able to flick it with his wrist with his left hand. Throwing behind how his back, do what you'll get it to me eight <laughs> out of 10 times.
1: You want a guy to flick it? Is that what you said? it.
0: be careful just, how hard
1: are flicking things around here. I'm sensitive, damn it. Listen, just flick the bean 80 yards down the field. <laughs> I mean, here's my only argument
0: erection. <laughs>
1: I'm gonna play devil's advocate a little bit on why okay. he should have said this. So okay. when see, you look at Patrick it. Mahomes in his overall you know work with Tyreek Hill. I think we can all agree that majority of the time that Tyreek Hill was getting the football was either a deep ball down the field, a broken play, whatever you know, you know Mahomes moving up in the pocket trying to make something happen throwing the ball sidearm. Like very rarely do we look at Tyreek Hill as being like this exceptional route runner who's just moving the chains with short passes, right? But that's not what we really Look at Tyreek Hill and say, Oh, this is what he was, this is what he did. And he's slant boy. Like he's not slant boy like Michael Thomas. You know what I mean? He's doing other right. types of things. And now in an offense in Miami, he's probably being asked to do things a little bit more out of the ordinary from what he was used to in Kansas City. Maybe now he's kind of being that guy to move the chains from time to time. So he's getting these, you know, 10-yard outs and they're hitting him in the hands. And he's like, This is amazing. This is great. is pretty damn accurate. Mm-hmm. But to say that, that Tua is overall more accurate than Patrick Mahomes, I think we all know is not the case. But I think with the style of play in Miami, Tyreek Hill is, is seeing a different style of play from the quarterback position than what he's seen his entire career for the most part. So in his mind, the ball is coming to him super accurate because Tua, even though he doesn't get a whole lot of credit, it, just like Chris said, is a very, very accurate passer. Does he have the biggest arm? No. No but he can put it into, inside of tight windows. And, and I think this is still a, a match made in heaven. Kind of look what we saw with Jalen Waddle last year, right? A mm. lot of people were like – That's you know, where Jaylen, I was
0: going next, absolutely. It's the same thing. Jalen yeah. Waddle
1: didn't have to run the ball – run down the field 50 yards to catch a pass last year. No, he's taking a five-yard right. slant and getting 36 on it. And that's what we're going to see once again in this offense. The difference is, is now we kind of have a, an offensive scheme in Miami that's going to be a little bit quicker, a little bit more high-powered than what we saw in years past – and these two guys are going to be borderline impossible to stop on a weekly basis.
0: You know what I love? And I'm going to piggyback that because it is the Jalen Waddle effect. So when we saw how many times Jalen Waddle separate the 15 and like just over 15 yard crossers going seven routes from uh, right to left across the field and making massive place. How are you? Uh, if, if, if the code, if coach McDaniel is intelligent, which he definitely is, and he gets them going uh opposite ways on seven routes going 15 yard stretches over top the linebacking zone that's going to be bread and butter every single play. I mean, and you can pick and choose to a will, which one he's going to go to because they're both going to get separation because of their wheels. They're both going to get open and get the ball in their hand. That's an easy 30 yards when you, especially when you're carving up a zone. So from that perspective, I definitely agree. I just, I, I don't know, man, the accuracy aspect, if we're talking, what was Tua's accuracy last year? You guys have that up?
1: Here. I did his uh let's see here if you remove drop passes so the true completion percentage was 72 percent deep ball completion percentage was number one in the nfl at 50 percent okay uh pressured completion percentage inside the top 10 along with play action completion percentage red zone completion percentage and clean pocket completion percentage all inside the top 10 among all nfl quarterbacks
0: so then it's justified based on the numbers and i mean we did see him play a lot better down the stretch so i mean you know us. We've never been on the two a hate bandwagon anyway. At least I never have. I mm-hmm. think two is a he's 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 better than above average in my opinion. And I think with a little bit more schooling, tutelage, and experience, having guys like Tyreek and Waddle, you know, together, Waddle in year two, getting that much more experience, they will be much improved. But I mean, I thought it was kind of funny that he was definitely throwing shade toward his boy Patrick Mahomes. And who
1: cares if he can throw it deep down the field? If you don't if you have guys on your roster like Hill and Waddle that you don't need to throw the ball 50 yards down the field to still gain big chunks of yards because of their speed, who really gives a crap? Like you're making big plays happen. Are people complaining that Debo Samuel isn't getting big plays down the field? No, because he's racking up yardage no matter how he's touching it, and that's kind of where people get enamored with the big play. I think as a as a youth, and I know we're all in similar age ranges here between the three of us. I used to wake up every morning and watch Sports Center top 10. Like, I wanted to see the top 10 plays. I wanted to see the big plays. I wanted to see the massive yeah. dunk. Like, we always we, we fall in love with the big plays that sometimes the less sexy plays that have the same outcome are totally just overlooked
2: because they're not on Sports Center top 10. I mean, Jalen Waddle was still a top 15 fantasy wide receiver last year, and his average depth of target was seven yards. I mean, that Dude. was like bottom 15, bottom <laughs> yeah. 20. Out of all wide receivers, exactly. by the way, uh Rondell Moore had the lowest average uh, depth of target Thanks, at Cliff.
0: 1.66 yards. So. 1. <laughs> 1.6 man. I you know, I can get erect and, and break 1.6. So, I mean it, it, the fact
2: that you know he's not being targeted down the field, you know, like a lot of these other big name receivers, it doesn't matter because as long as you're getting the target share then it doesn't matter if you're getting a 10-yard bomb or a five-yard you know, dump-off. It it's, it's all about going to be the target share, and Tyreek Hill is going to get the targets.
1: Well, here's what's crazy, too, because you were just talking about these crossing routes across the middle of the field, Chouse, and how are they going to defend him? And mm-hmm. we're only talking about Hill and Waddle. Mm-hmm. Say there's mass confusion, and you have zones breaking down, man coverage that can't keep but whatever it is, you still have Mike Gasecki over the middle, who's going to be Correct. standing alone. You still have Cedric Wilson, who is a big play wide receiver, and you still have Chase Edmonds and Raheem Mostert and Sony Michelle and Miles Gaskin and whoever else you want to throw in the backfield that week. There's plenty of options here. So even if an opposing defense can find a way to limit Hill and Waddle, there are still plenty of other options for him to move the ball deeper down the field.
0: It's going to be yeah, scary, absolutely. man. It's going to be and
2: that's scary. The thing, with, with Tyreek Hill, with his speed, he, that's all he needs is just a, a, a quick either a slant route, a, you know, uh, even out of the backfield, and he's going to be able to make stuff happen. So yeah, the fact that people are arguing, you know, Tua can't throw it downfield; he doesn't have a big arm. He doesn't need to in this mm-hmm. offense because his best weapons do their best work in short yardage situations. Yep. And
0: could Could you imagine the the amount and throw of throw Goseki in there too? Throw yep. Goseki in there, but can you imagine the work that's going to be done by these two when they're lined up together, slot? and Dude. a little bit outside. Oh my God. On the same side, how the hell do you even match? Yeah,
1: I have no idea. Like I'm sitting here and like, even you can like, you can Sunday, Monday quarterback, this thing, all you want to, all you I don't, want, all I don't you know want, how you stop that.
0: I, I really don't. A, a bubble screen with Waddle or Tyreek Dude. in the slot with, the, with the other one playing the X close together on the line. Like I just, man, RIP defenses. Dude. And I got to see this shit twice a year now, man. So do you, Chris. So we're. Oh my God. That That, that sucks for you, Chow, so much. I mean, I just feel bad for you, bud. You can stop, man. Your Patriots are bottom feeders. Speaking of wide receivers, baby, scary Terry McLaurin in the news again. Trade talks again are heating up this time to the Indianapolis Colts. Indy wants themselves a wide receiver one, apparently, but then you see Ron Rivera. He's coming out saying we are absolutely not trading Mr. Terry McLaurin, but this is also coming off notable information from minicamp. The Jahan Dotson has been Carson Wentz's favorite target at minicamp. So now you know this is why they're there's trying to start this up again, saying, you know, well, this is the thing, they gotta pay Terry. He's he's not happy. He wants his he wants his bag of tricks. Is Washington gonna give it to him? That's the question. Will they force him to play it out, uh, play out the string without getting his money? But this could be a situation where if I am Washington, I, I do explore trading Terry McLaurin. And depending on what you can get in return, because Jahan Dotson is a Terry clone 2.0, you still got guys like Diami Brown. You have some guys in the cover that you could make work this year. Curtis Samuel, whatever, maybe if he pans out, but Logan Thomas. But I mean, you have other weapons. So why would you not uh, at least flirt with the idea of trading a Terry McLaurin if you can get a first-round pick for him? I
1: agree. I agree. The problem is, is I don't know if I love it going to Indy. Like, mm. I don't know if that's where I'd want him to really go. And maybe that's kind of nitpicking a little bit, but there's other destinations that I feel would be more intriguing to me. I mean, I'd much rather see him in, in Baltimore. I'd rather see him in Chicago. I'd rather send send his butt to Green Bay. You know I mean? Mm. Just something. There's just other options there where I look at Indianapolis and I like what they have. I don't know if. I don't know if they need him. They don't need him to compete in that division. I mean they're they're going to, you know, surpass Houston and Jacksonville. So all they really have to worry about is is Tennessee. I think by making the changes they have this year they're they've improved enough to be competitive once again in that division. They added Alec Pierce who I don't hate in the draft. They got Paris Campbell for right now. I mean I know he's probably not going to make it. He will. He will. I mean, on the inside, I want him to Michael Pittman, though. I love Michael Pittman. We got Mo Cox, Mo Problems. They drafted Jelani Woods. They have plenty of options for the type of offense that they have. Right. They're going to be a run centric team anyway, even though Matt Ryan can move the ball maybe a little bit more consistently down the field than a Carson Wentz. I don't know if they need Terry McLaurin and I don't know if they need to pay
2: out that huge money right now in Indianapolis. It's it's gonna be interesting to see what if if Washington does decide to move McLaurin, it's interesting to see what they would be asking for in return as far as draft capital, maybe players, because McLaurin's still what 25 years old. So he's gonna come with a hefty price tag here. If I'm Indianapolis, though, I would like I would really like that because I know Chouse, you're you're holding out hope for Paris Campbell. I don't trust that the guy's gonna be able to stay healthy. So you put McLaurin with Michael Pittman. You have Alec Pierce there as well. And what they've done on their defense over the last two years, I mean, Pay, DeForest Buckner, Yannick Ngakwe, Darius Leonard, the secondary is improving. They signed mm-hmm. Stefan Gilmore this year. So I love what they're doing on defense. The offensive line is one of the better offensive lines in the league. So if they can get themselves a true number one alpha receiver to go along with Michael Pittman on the other side, I feel like that's kind of the, the missing piece, you know, outside of tight end. Don't get me wrong. Mo Cox, more problems. Love him a lot. But if if they can get themselves an actual, like real, real number one receiver, I think that that it makes the AFC that much more interesting. That's the thing. I said
1: the AFC more interesting for sure. But does adding Terry McLaurin and his eventual ginormous bag of money make them a contender?
2: I don't think, well, no. And that's the thing is I don't think there, there aren't a lot of teams in the AFC where if you add one piece, it would make them an actual contender because there's it's it's very top heavy at this mm-hmm. point. So it's almost like the Colts would have to wait it out a few more years. But then at that point, you are wasting the, you know, the youth of a lot of your younger players, like a Michael Pittman, Jonathan Taylor, et cetera.
0: I think Matt Ryan's got two good years left. I really do. I'm, I'm not uh, underselling it. I think Atlanta was just a shit show and and he yeah. needed, I mean, come on, how many, like when we are let's be fair to Matt Ryan, because he's had like a thousand OCs in his career in Atlanta. They changed that shit out more than he changed his underwear. And now at least he goes to a team with Frank Reich, where he's going to have stability. Frank Reich is a very good offensive mind. And and you know what, You're, you've are got the, you know, when did really Matt Ryan have a really good run game like he's going to have in Indy? So that's going to help, you know, alleviate a lot of stress on his back. So if you add somebody like Terry McLaurin, I mean, you know what I've been seeing is that they're trying to make Alec Pierce the deep guy. And and I don't know if I really like that because yes, he's bigger. Yes, he's got good speed. But I mean, I've seen comparisons of Alec Pierce to a Jordy Nelson, and I really don't hate that. I think it is a very good comp. But you add a a Terry McLaurin, even if maybe you trade a Paris Campbell with a, a second round pick to get a Terry McLaurin, I think I would do that. I think, uh, you know, you bring in, you know, Michael Pittman showed that I thought, you know, he would play on the outside a lot more. He just flourished in the slot. You keep Pittman in the slot. You put Terry outside and th- this offense now becomes very much competitive with, uh, I don't know, the Kansas cities of the world now without Tyreek Hill. I think it's very much comparable, especially with the defense. Like you said, that's improved.
1: I was just doing some behind the scenes research, but I was off by a year, so I had to make sure. Because on the inside, I got to be honest. On the inside, I am. I'm feeling for Justin Fields right now. Like I feel like Justin Fields needs somebody, and having Terry McLaurin there. And I started thinking, was like, man, were they at Ohio State together? They weren't. They missed no, it. They by, were off. Yeah, missed That's it right. by one year. Missed it by this much. But yeah. I don't know. Like I still believe in Justin Fields, and Chicago is an absolute dumpster fire and I, me personally if I'm looking at I'd like to see Terry go there and just just for Justin Fields sake that's
2: just my own personal greed
0: mm. get him some support just for you know. it's just Darnell
1: and- Mooney damn it he's got nobody else
2: <laughs> that's right it's with the poor guy I just feel I bad say with, for with, him like
1: damn
2: with Indy I mean hell, you could probably even if you want if you don't want McLaurin on the outside a lot throw McLaurin in the slot keep Pittman on the outside have Pierce on the outside Paris Campbell let him play his game before he gets injured but then you've got McLaurin in the slot. I mean,
0: yeah. Good gracious. I got right. a, I got a good deal here. Then you get a three-way trade between <laughs> between Indy, Chicago and Washington. Trade Terry to Chicago. How about we or no, trade well tra- hold on. Let me let me redo that. Trade Paris Campbell or trade Pittman to Chicago, bring Terry to Indy, and now you got the best of both worlds. Or or <laughs> or or
1: so this is gonna me and Chouse are gonna be the same wavelength here. How about Indianapolis just saves a crap ton of money and just
0: signs Julio Jones? I don't hate it. I really don't hate it. It's Matt Ryan, it's your boy, bring him back home.
1: Sure, he's not gonna play all 17, but is it enough? I mean, like we said, they're not gonna be Super Bowl contenders, but sure. it could be enough to win them the division. I don't know. And plus you you know save pennies I like on the it. dollar.
0: I like it. I think, you know, okay, fine. Julio's basically getting on the wash train, but I mean, yeah. whatever, man, if Tennessee, you can't grade Julio on Tennessee. That's Ryan Tannehill and they don't know how to throw the ball. Come on. Yeah. All right. So if Indy does that, they'd have to sign Julio,
2: Will Fuller, and like Odell Beckham Jr. And then get 17 games out of the three of them. Perfect. Just, <laughs> just cycle through
1: them. You get six from each yeah. of them
2: almost and you're good. And, and it's great because you could probably only, you you'd only have to spend like 3 million per player. So you're fine. Yeah. Look at at you adding adding up the math.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Still cheaper than Terry. Adding up the math in beautiful ways, but let's move on, man. Your boy never functions. you know, we had to talk about this because the tight end is coming back and he, you know, didn't he play tight end in college for a little bit? And now he's transferring back to tight end and he signs himself with the Detroit lions. And he was going to, you know, play tight end for these lions I mean I get it it's a stretch he's trying to save his career and still be in the show but it is newsworthy to discuss because hey could he actually be something
1: no no <laughs> <laughs> nope he still sucks so, I didn't even know he was in the league anymore honestly
2: yeah uh well after he got was it he got uh no that was Kelvin Benjamin who got cut by the Giants yeah he for, got like, fat he and got cut food. yeah uh, and he was so, eating from the
0: buffet he was stealing and taking it home
2: yeah I had to I had to go into uh Devin Funchess's College stats here, his so- his freshman, sophomore year at Michigan, he did play tight end. Correct. His sophomore year, he caught 49 passes for 748 yards and six touchdowns in 13 games.
0: Correct. It's very good.
2: And he hasn't caught a ball since.
0: <laughs> he got nope. injured just because his <laughs> knees are made of bubble gum. I mean.
1: His hands, he plays with oven mitts on. He, I, just, I he just doesn't have. Now, part of me wants to say that, he, you know, Michigan boy, they're just signing him there to, you know, be on the practice squad or a tackling dummy. Who knows? Because he's not going to get any run there with TJ Hawkinson. He's not a difference maker in this league. If anything, it makes me look at the Lions like, damn it, Lions going to lie in here once again. They're, they're <laughs> overthinking it. They're overthinking it. Just when I thought that they are turning the corner, they totally redeem themselves and go back to being the Lions. Totally,
0: redeem, <laughs> totally themselves. redeem themselves. I love it because, oh, poor Funches. I'm trying to, you see what I'm trying to do here today on this show? I'm trying to uplift players that, you know, really have crashed and burned in this, this Devin Funches draft pick by the Carolina Panthers. I mean, where was he drafted? It was a second round. I mean, they used pretty high capital on this man, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Even and Google's it, asking me,
2: why the hell are you Googling Devin Funchess right now?
0: Yeah. They redirected your, your Google search
2: because yeah, you know, s- second round of the 2015 draft.
0: That's what I thought. And I mean, you know, that's pretty high capital where they're like, Oh, and I remember all the analysts are like, this guy is going to tear up the league because he is a former tight end and he's very big and he's going to outjump everybody and he didn't really do much.
1: They were just looking you know, for the next Jimmy Graham. That's it.
2: Yeah. I mean, with Funches it's uh, that's that's tough. Because when you look at Funches and then you look at the players that were drafted like after he was do you have that taken list? Years... Yeah, so I'm looking at uh it that's was awesome. like, 25th 2015. I can't wait for this. this is exciting. Yes. All right. Um, re-ranking drafts is how stupid stuff. was
1: Carolina this year?
2: Yeah. Wait a second. No, that that's not. We'll we'll oh. get back to it because apparently they gave me the wrong draft class here. So.
1: Oh well, that's not <laughs> that's not good.
2: I know.
0: But I mean, Devin Funchess was supposed to be the next best thing since Calvin Johnson because of his height and his potential speed and. Yeah, Cam Newton couldn't even find him. So then, that's when you know you got problems. But hey, while these guys are looking this up, I mean, we'll oh. <laughs> I can't help it. Oh wait, oh, I got no, it. you know why I couldn't find it because he, he it. was drafted as a tight end, not as a wide
2: receiver. Yes, exactly.
0: Yes. I, so the, I, the
2: the the players that went after him in the second round: um, Tyler Lockett, beautiful. Jameson Crowder, beautiful. beautiful. Stefan Diggs, <laughs> good. Good. <laughs> Way to go, Darren, Carolina! D- Darren Waller. Those guys all went after Devin Funchess. It's crazy, and those are just you know other
1: offensive players. It's not even counting the offensive linemen and defensive players. They passed That's the right. same year that probably that was, it, that, the was the just, that was just wide receivers. Yeah, that went exactly. After him, if you start looking at other positions. I'm sure there are the some worst,
2: absolute gems in there. The worst pick I think of that draft was at number seven by Chicago when they took wide receiver Kevin White. Who? <laughs> remember him?
0: Oh, I remember <laughs> Kevin White. He was nothing, man. He's he, still went trying seven. To, he was still trying to find his place. I think he spent some time in Zona there for a little while, too.
1: Man, you look at that He's... overall draft class. Wasn't great. Wasn't that no,
2: great? No, I mean, just at the wide receiver position in that draft class alone, I mean, you had Amari Cooper and then Devontae Parker, Nelson Aguilar. Oh, we got a bunch of current... uh New England Patriots. Awesome. All the Patriots. So there we go. In 2015. There we go. We
0: found. <laughs> that was, we figured out Bill Belichick's strategy: going back to the worst <laughs> yeah. draft class and signing them all. 2015
2: yep. first round. Let's
1: get them all. Uh, the first, just a, a refresher: number one and two that year were Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota.
0: Yes, indeed. It was a, not yeah. a very good draft class whatsoever. But shit, I'm trying, guys. You know, David Johnson and Devin Funches, you guys are going to be going for drinks together pretty sh- uh, pretty soon. But hey, let's play a game, boys. And it's not going to be as dirty as last time. But this one is a fra- oh. a, a fan favorite of mine. It's called Factor Fiction. And we're going to say, you know, do you guys believe this is Factor Fiction? And the first one I got is Melvin Gordon said he's ready to battle for RB1 duties this offseason. I mean, this is not newsworthy we wanted to hear, but is this fact or fiction? Well, if it
1: wasn't a fact, he needs to retire because I think every NFL player should have the mentality of I'm going to go in there and be the number one. If they Agreed. don't, they've already okay, lost. Okay, let me
0: rephrase. Will he be the number one? Hell
1: no, he won't. Boom. But yeah, that that's fiction. But I do believe that people are overlooking what he could potentially still do in this offense, because especially from a fantasy perspective, is he going to be a a top 12, top 15 guy? No, probably not. But he's like totally being forgotten about like everybody just like pass. The guy could still go out there and rush for six, 700 yards. And if anything happens to Javante Williams, then immediately catapults to the top 10, top 12 because of the offense that they're going to be in. So am I like all aboard the Melvin Gordon train no, but at a certain point in drafts, he's going to be worth it. He's currently running back 36 going in the 10th
2: round. I would take that all day long as some depth on the bottom of my bench. Oh, absolutely. I think he still has, you know, top he's still a top three running back, you know. Yeah. And if you are a Javante Williams, you know, person, you know, if you're if you're drafting him, you absolutely want Melvin Gordon as that handcuff. And even if I don't have Williams, I would still take a flyer on Gordon in the tenth eleventh round. Yeah.
0: Yep. Hundred percent. Over under eight touchdown score this year for Melvin Gordon.
2: Hopefully under because I'm hoping Javante gets small. <laughs> I'm 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 definitely I I'm thinking like six. Yeah.
0: Okay. Okay, yeah. fair enough, and that's that's still good for having a nice, uh, you know, handcuff option on your bench. Fact or fiction, we got DeAndre Swift, baby, and the belief is that he's going to be heavily utilized in this offense in the past game, which is actually very interesting to me, given the weapons that they now have at the wide receiver position. So, is this Detroit being truthful or fictional? Because, I, I don't know, I, I think that he will be, but I just – I just have this feeling that it's just not going to come to fruition. That's because he
1: plays for the Lions. Like, that's why you feel that way. Exactly. It's the same with the Funchess sign. Like, I want to trust you guys, and I want to believe in what you're doing. But then you you go out and do something stupid, and I I start questioning all existence with the Lions. And I think he is, but it wouldn't surprise me if it's more front-loaded in the season until we get a healthy Jamison Williams. And once Jamison Williams is back and 100% healthy, I think we see less DeAndre Swift in the passing game.
2: Which I hate. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how much more he can get involved in the passing game because last season he had 78 targets mm-hmm. and he only played 13 games. If he played a full 17 game season, he would have 90 targets, the, 100 targets. Yeah. He would have been second on the team with 102 targets. Yep. So, I mean, unless you want him to be your number one receiving option, like I think his, his presence as a receiver is fine. Yeah. You need to have him more involved in the running aspect of your game because He was just, I mean, he wasn't very efficient as a running back to begin with, but he also just wasn't getting the touches as a running back. He was mostly as a receiver. So if I'm Detroit, leave the leave the targets where they're at as a receiver, but give him give him more touches as a running back. Love it.
0: Okay, okay, I get it. Because you know, I'm I'm hoping that DeAndre, I love me some DeAndre Swift. So I'm hoping that he does do something very well. But factor fiction! Josh, uh, Josh Jacobs, man, unlikely to be the bell cow role this year in Las Vegas for the Las Vegas Raiders. And I mean, I'm thinking this is going to be a fact because I love me some Zamir White. I think that he is going to eventually take over this backfield because I think the Raiders are done with uh, Josh Jacobs. I think unless they get him on a nice hometown discount deal because his contract is up soon. I I, I think this is absolutely factual. and, And Jacobs is something to worry about this year
1: i I'm going to say fact, but I still think that they utilized Josh Jacobs quite a bit. I think the difference is is we no longer have a coaching staff that's going to commit to a single back. And there are other options in this backfield now. I mean, everybody kind of just wants to forget about Kenyon Drake, too. And Kenyon Drake making some pretty decent money to be back and healthy coming off, I believe it was a broken ankle. Mm-hmm. You know, before that happened, he showed some flashes in the offense. We know they brought over Brandon Bolden is another name coming over from new England there as well. Uh, it's just <laughs> REMS over there fist bumping it. Cause he's coming from new England, but it, look what happens in new England, right? It seems like all the time yeah. they're cycling through backs, even though Damian Harris was still the lead guy, right? Damian Harris was still being the lead in that backfield, but every single game you'd have another two or three running backs getting touches. And I think yeah. that's kind of what we see in Las Vegas, so maybe the overall bell cow ceiling isn't there, but I still think he's somebody that
2: flirts with 225 total touches. Yeah. I mean, his, his, his rushing attempts took a big decline last season compared to his first two years in the NFL, but he did see an increase as a receiving back. Can mm-hmm. Drake definitely more of that receiving back? So I can see Zamir white coming in, taking more of those touches away, you know, on the ground from Jacobs, especially where the, where the Raiders decided, Hey, we're not going to pick up your option. So he's going to be a free agent, you know, this upcoming season. So I will say this, the touches he does get, he's going to make sure that every damn one of those counts Mm -hmm. so he can get paid in the off season. The problem is though, he may only get 200 rushing attempts on top of like what, 30, maybe 40 receptions.
0: And that might benefit him. I'll play the devil's advocate even on my own point on that because I think that might benefit him because he has been so uh, you know heavily um, or he has been in the medical room, I should say, you know, quite frequently. And and I think that you limit his role a little bit, keep him a little bit more fresh, use a little bit ro- a rotational tandem at the running back position. I think it it will benefit again for efficiency rates rather than you know straight up volume, but. I mean, for me, I think. I mean, who the new head coach is a former New England, uh, you know, disciple. So that he loves their, they love their running back uh, room to be extremely big. So now, one thing- this would you would you take him as your RB two?
2: <sighs> where he's currently going, you know, fifth, sixth round. It's a tough one. I mean, probably
1: not, because I'll have he'll be he'll be my running back three by then. Three. I, I, I was gonna say it. I
2: I would I I don't think I would touch him in the fifth sixth round as my RB two. Yeah. Not I as think a two. The
0: running back three would be good. Yeah. But okay. then
1: again, you look at that general vicinity too. Who else would you take over him as your running back two? Like, I know Travis Etienne. Maybe, Isn't maybe, that, maybe, Brees Brees Hall. Maybe. But I mean, there's just, there's still question marks. They're not for sure things there either at that point. So I think it's kind of that's at the point where you draw that line of like, how much risk do I want to take? I still think that Jacobs is a lock for more touches than a Travis Etienne. I think, mm-hmm. I think him and Brees Hall are going to be pretty dang close, 225-ish total right around there. But what I love for Jacobs is he plays on a team whose offense is going to be much improved, and he could see more goal line carries, more touchdown opportunities. He had 43 red zone touches last year. If that number bumps up at all, he's sitting inside the top 10, top 12 among all running backs. But then I'm not one to be overly depending on touchdowns either.
0: And, right. and I think I think Zamir takes some of that goal line work away as well. But if I'm looking at this, I, I, I would even take Damian Harris over Josh Jacobs right now. Dad, you know? I would agree. Right. So, yep. I mean, he, yep. he's a little bit lower and you get him in a what two round difference. Almost. I'm I'm definitely doing that instead of Josh Jacobs this year.
1: I, right I you love are. Damian Harris and I don't know why he's a patriot. I don't I'm not supposed you know? to feel this way, but I don't oh, know. Or am
0: I? And I'm, and I'm
1: loving him, too. I don't know if I could go through a draft right now. If I get to right now, his ADP shows right around the eighth round. Mm. I, I don't see myself passing him ten out of ten times. Like I, I will take him every single team this year, and and I don't know why. Like I, I mean, every I do mock, know why. Every
0: every mock I've done, I've done it. He's right there. He's right there. And there. There's and, I, and I take him. him. And I take him.
1: I I can't pass it. I will own one hundred percent of the the shares of Damian Harrison. I can get this year. And even though I know. He's going to be splitting with Ramondre Stevenson. doesn't it, matter. It doesn't matter to me. I still think that Damian Harris is going to get the bulk of the carries. Sure, he's going to lose some touchdowns here and there. He's going to lose some work. But we also saw from Damian. Now we're getting off on a side note here. It's fine. From Damian Harris. When, when I think of Damian Harris, I think of a guy running between the tackles, gaining right around four yards per carry. But he was actually a little bit more explosive than people want to give him credit for. There were some times last year where he was busting off some big ones. I'm mm-hmm. talking about biggins even until he had that hamstring injury late in the season and i don't think people realize that this is not just a guy that you know runs four yards and falls down he's got that big play potential and now with more offensive weapons on the
2: outside hopefully he gets a little bit more running room between the tackles absolutely i mean and just kind of piggybacking off of damian harris um, his breakaway run percentage was fourth in the league only nick chubb dalvin cook and jonathan taylor had higher breakaway run percentages than Damian Harris. And he had, he also had at least 30 fewer rushing attempts than any of those three other running backs. I love
0: it. You don't just need volume. You need efficiency. And he gives a boatload of it. I think, you know, the New England Patriots are going to be again run heavy. And I, it meant, I don't understand, man. Seventh, eight, mid seventh to eighth round for, for a Harris and everyone's just passing them by. I don't get it.
2: I'm going to cut and paste that whole segment you guys just had on Damian Harris and just replay it like all the time throughout the day to no. make
0: you feel good. I get it. I did exactly. Video, I,
1: did. <laughs> I did a video earlier in the week about explosive <laughs> running backs and he finished 10th among 37 running backs in explosiveness when we compared him to yards per touch. Love that. Broken tackles, evaded tackles, breakaway runs, DVOA success rate. He finished top ten mm. among thirty-seven running backs. That's uh, erection. Word of the day: erection. Ding,
0: bing, bing bing, <laughs> bing, 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 bing. Erection. Speaking of uh, maybe potential erections for some, Tony Pollard. Here we go. Factor fiction he's going to have a greater role in the slot this season. I have to,
1: they don't and have I, Amari Cooper or Cedric Wilson. He's, he's going to
0: have to, <laughs> I understand, but they got some youngins there to take some pressure off and man. Okay. Maybe I can pose this. You know, are we believing that this hype for Pollard is, is real because yes, he's explosive. Yes. He is a very good change of pace runner. Yes. He can be utilized in the pass game. He's got good hands. But man, I just, you know what? As much as I'm down on Zeke this year because of, you know, him just getting old and seemingly aging like a uh, freaking uh, David Johnson, 10th round for Tony Pollard. I'm, I'm thinking I would rather have Kenneth Walker, Ramondre Stevenson, Michael Carter over this man. I, I think I'm passing on him. But fact or fiction, you guys think he's going to be as productive as everybody thinks he's going to be? Hmm. It's going to be close. But I think
1: what people tend to forget is I hear the argument all the time that Tony Pollard is better than Zeke. Tony Pollard should be starting. False. Exactly. It's the same Chase Edmonds effect that we had from last season about, you know, oh, he should be the number one over James Conner. But what happens is when we find these guys who are big play type of guys that are super efficient. It's because of the role that they have within the offense. If you give that player, if you give Tony Pollard 300 touches and expect the same efficiency that we saw from him last year, you are going to be so disappointed because it just doesn't work that way. However, Tony Pollard in himself, given where he's being drafted, is definitely somebody who I will pay attention to. Is he somebody that I want to just go after and rely upon? No. But in an offense that lost Amari Cooper, in an offense that lost Cedric Wilson, in an offense that has Michael Gallup coming back off of a torn ACL, yes, I think Tony Pollard could be one of those guys that helps win you weeks, especially in deeper leagues. When we talk about that explosive thing that I talked about, you know, earlier in the week, Tony Pollard finished one, two, three, fifth. He finished higher than 32 other running backs when we compared him in these metrics. The guy is very explosive but I want his touches to be somewhat limited so that I can utilize him 17 games, not overwork him, have him get hurt or be inefficient and and totally useless to me.
2: Yeah. He's, he's definitely not someone that's going to be in your starting lineup in fantasy, you know, week to week, if they use him more in the slot, I mean, yeah, I would hope so. They would, he saw 22 snaps in the slot, you know, this past season. Yes. No Mari Cooper. So sure. He may, maybe he gets a few more opportunities here and there, but I think that for him, uh, the receiving game is going to increase a little bit, but they can use him in the slot. They can move him out wide. Um, But for me, he has more just of of a handcuff option. I'm not going to go out and draft Tony Pollard if I don't already have Zeke on my roster. Where's Tony Pollard's
1: ADP? So he's in the eighth round. So obviously he's right there with Damian Harris, who I will take 100% of the time. We already said that. Same.
0: Miles Sanders, you taking Miles Sanders over him?
1: Yep. Oh God, yes. I am. Ab- absolutely. Yes. And i I guess I'm ready to be hurt again. I think. I don't know. And I, I am.
0: I know that I am, man. Ah, man. Line up the paddles and slap my ass because I'm at ready at least he's to the cheapest the he's ever been.
2: And <laughs> right? at, right, at, at, at least we talked about him eight. earlier. Are you guys taking Melvin Gordon or Tony Pollard?
0: I'll take Melvin Gordon.
2: I was gonna say Gordon, probably, yeah.
0: Mm
1: if I waited on running back at the beginning of the draft, I would probably go Pollard because he'd be somebody who I believe will get a a larger role starting week one. If I have a lot of starting running backs that I, I went heavy with, and I just need somebody on the bench that could potentially be a lottery ticket for me, then I go with Melvin Gordon and hopes that something happens. But if it doesn't, I'm not out a whole lot.
0: So here's Ready the thing. Way. I'll, I'll argue this point just for the wide receivers because, okay, Noah Brown is coming back. He's familiar with the system. Yes. He's whatever subpar. They did sign James Washington, Jalen Tolbert, rookie superstar, baby. He's going to be a, I think a, a gem for this offense. You still got semi Fihoko who's got wheels and they could utilize him on the field. Bless they you. do have, they do have options is, is all I'm saying. And, and this is kind of what scares me. Yes. Are they all quote-unquote unproven commodities, yes, 100%. Okay, yes, with Michael Gallup, we don't know when he's going to return. James Washington has never really come to fruition outside of being a deep threat. Rookie Jalen Tolbert, we don't know. Semi Semifihoco last year, rookie, didn't really see much time. I understand all these things, man. But Zeke Elliott, I I still feel, even though he's got like a trailer hooked up to his ass now, like, you know, Ajayi Jay used to have... I just, I, I think Tony Pollard to me is j- just going to be that matchup play that you're you're hoping maybe one out of four weeks is going to hit like he did on like a Thanksgiving and busted you like 35 points. And then he's going to go to bed for like six to eight points a week and then hit you another 20. Like that's kind of how I feel his season's going to go. And then his average is uh, points per game is what's going to make you drool when you look at it after the fact.
2: So what I love is, and speaking of Zeke Elliott, you know, looking at his ADP, you know, if, if you're, if you have a, early if you have a late first round pick you know you can get him probably as your rb3 early in the fourth round you know i mean you could start your draft with dalvin cook or joe mixon as your first round pick then swift or camara in this in the second round and then fourth round you could end up with zeke elliott as your rb3
1: which i will do a lot if given the opportunity absolutely yeah why does everybody hate zeke elliott i I mean i get it that he's like slow and stuff but Dude still finishes RB six last year. Like yeah. exactly. Like we're not yeah, talking yeah. about, like, oh, he fell off and he finished RB 24. You know what I mean? Like, oh, God, he's really falling off. Now, sure. He wasn't what he used to be, but RB six and I can get him in the third, late third, early fourth round. That yes. is right. An absolute smash. I mean, I know we talked about it before, too. This could be the one year where you could end up with CMC Barkley and Zeke Elliott in your team.
0: All-star NBA squad,
1: but also, I mean, on another note, back to Tony Pollard. <laughs> Do you think he sees 170 touches this year?
0: What did he have last year?
1: 169. I rounded up by one.
0: Okay. Yes. I see it. I mean, yes. He exceeds I, that. I, think I could see it. I
1: see. I think he exceeds it. Maybe not by a lot, but 180, 180 185. Yeah. yeah 185
0: yep. this year. And see he it.
1: was still able to take 169 and turn it into almost 1100 total yards. Yeah. Yeah. So is it one of the guys that's like super sexy? Yeah. No. But if, you, if you're if you one of those zero RB guys who, Lord bless you, uh, and you need somebody, I feel more comfortable if I had to. Maybe we're talking about a deep league that has two, three flex spots, whatever. Sure. Week yeah, one, yeah. I would rather start Tony Pollard over Melvin Gordon.
0: Okay. No, I don't hate that. I don't hate that.
1: Without even looking at the matchups.
2: That's just off the top of my head. Interesting. And and Pollard Pollard did finish as a top 30 fantasy running back last season and half yep. PPR points. So
0: yeah, those big games he did have did definitely pumped him up the, uh, the charts. But I mean, Tom Brady, he's back in the news. Factor of fiction. Tom Brady says Russell Gage is going to have to have a monster year for Tampa Bay in 2022. My question is, factor of fiction, will Russell Gage be that guy that we're all expecting him to be potentially what? Top 20 wide receiver?
2: Mm. I mean, how many how many games is Chris Godwin going to miss? Probably the whole season. No
1: way.
0: He's going to miss the whole year. He's not going to be. He's coming back for playoffs.
2: No way. Right. Playoffs. If, if, if Chris Godwin misses the entire season, then yes, Russell okay. Gage will be a top 20 fantasy wide receiver. That means Chris Godwin's same. not missing the entire season. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> but
1: technically, as of right now, Gronk hasn't re-signed, so there's one less player in that offense to worry about. Top 20 is a little a little high. Is he going to have to have a big year? I think that's just Tom Brady talking up his his teammates and trying to motivate them because there is a role for Russell Gage. It's not like he's just some random guy that they're going to throw out there uh, on offense. I mean, we're talking about the Antonio Brown role, quote unquote, and there was plenty of volume there in this offense. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are not a team that gets up by double digit points and just starts running the ball. Like they continue to throw the ball all four They don't care about your feelings. They don't care about, you know, how sad you are. They're going to continue to score points. And that bodes well for the likes of Russell Gage, because if they do get a lead Mm -hmm. and they're up by multiple points, maybe they do, you know, slow Chris Godwin down a little bit. Maybe they do pull back a little bit on Mike Evans and Russell Gage gets even more
2: targets, which I absolutely love. So yeah.
0: Chris and Godwin. I, oh, sorry, go
2: ahead. No, I was. I was just gonna say. I mean, Chris Godwin uh, didn't even play a full season last year. Neither did Mike Evans. And Tom Brady still supported two wide receiver ones in fantasy, both number nine and number twelve. So Ooh. if Godwin, if Godwin does miss a significant amount of time, then Gage top twenty is absolutely within the realm of possibility.
0: Okay. So first eight weeks of the regular season, Russell Gage is drastic. Russell. Russell
2: Gage is top twenty four. Top 24. He's a wide, he's a wide receiver too.
1: And what's his ADP or his where's he at? How far down is he? He's way down. I know that.
0: I think I just almost as erection. almost as
2: low as an old man's ball set. He's wide receiver.
1: Wow. He's wide receiver 45 right now.
0: <laughs> and that's crazy talk. That's value it. right there. Yeah. That's value. So
1: that's just screaming value. So that's it. that tells me as a savvy fantasy owner that I want to target Russell Gage and the second, maybe not the second. After a couple of weeks of popping off in Tampa Bay, you sell him for a king's ransom before yes. Chris Godwin gets back to 100%, and you totally capitalize on selling high.
0: So, Chris yes. Godwin got hurt in December. So, that's what January, February, March, April, May, June, July, <laughs> August, September. Nine months, eight months. Well, <sighs>
1: So you're, 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 hold
0: on, hold on, hold on a second. <laughs> who made up this new rule that technology is making ACL recovery fans?
2: To... That's who. Fuck, exactly world, that's... nine
0: nine months ACL recovery to full speed. Who the fuck is doing your guys's surgeries, man? Like. Shit, I can't buy this. Okay, 10-11 months for you to get back on the field. I'm okay with that. Nine months, you're not Jamison Williams doing side shuffles on the field like at 20 years old. What, what is Godwin at 25, 26? What, how old is this man? I don't know. Godwin's 20, 26. Okay, 26. That's not gonna heal up as fast as a 21-year-old. That's but he's not gonna miss about. the whole year. No, he won't. I was being <laughs> facetious, but I'm just saying. It's man, if we're talking when, okay, maybe late October, November, early November, that would say to me that that's more reasonable for him to uh, Godwin to get back on the field. So you got yourselves a nice nine, 10 weeks of Russell Gage to get an erection. Word of the day is just beautiful, but I'm saying I, I love me some Russell Gage and I think it's a fact. I think Tommy's talking facts over here.
2: It's funny. I'm looking at players that are going ahead of Russell Gage right now there's some stupid names on that list. Rashad Bateman, Brandon Nayuk, um Ayuk Tony. Stupid. Wow. Come on. No. I love it. No, I, I do like it. Bateman and I like Tony, but sure. not over Russell Gage. Right, right, right. And that, that's what I, that's what I mean. Like I don't think the target share is going to be there for those guys like it potentially can be for Gage if Godwin's you know going to be missing some time.
1: Like do you think that
2: like, it's just
1: Gage. Like, he's just the guy with Mike Evans. Or do you think that we see Tyler Johnson in there, too?
0: I could see Tyler Johnson, but he he was dropping passes. If he doesn't fix that. Yeah, if he that's the problem. Yeah, if, he, if he doesn't fix that, Tommy's not going to go to him. And what, I do what?
2: think Gronk, Gronk is going to sign with Tampa Bay at some point. I believe so, Before too. the season, he's going to come back. Yeah. And Brashad Perryman's still
1: there, too. Don't forget about him. All World beater, right. Who? Oh, yeah. Exactly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Uh, factor fiction, Mac money Jones, baby. The fact. rumor mill, the <laughs> factual oh, sorry. right away. Yeah. Sorry, man. This is like jeopardy. Shut up and wait, man, until we get the question <laughs> out. Rumor has it that new England is going to be improved much vastly improved. I should say in deep ball efficiency in 2022 factor fiction, man. <laughs> Let's start off with the new England Patriots and Mac money Jones.
1: I mean, Rem kind of jumped the gun there and just threw out a fact. Fact, apparently. Little did he know I, that he I, was I actually I right. immediately
2: regret that decision, by no, the way. No, I think
1: you're still right, though. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 when you look at the Patriots' offense this year compared to last year, are there a ton of glaring differences? Probably not. Right. But the pieces that they did add, I believe put the other players on their team in a better position to succeed, right? Because one of the things we didn't like about New England was it was like a bunch of wide receiver threes, right? There was no alpha there to really solidify anything and let these other guys play their roles. Like we were talking about with Tony Pollard. These guys are role players. They were not meant to be number ones. I like Jacoby Myers. Dude shouldn't be a number one wide receiver in the NFL, you know, on on an NFL team. So now by adding Devontae Parker, Jacoby Myers goes back into a role that he's more capable of which then also puts Kendrick Bourne and Nelson Aguilar. They drafted Tyquan Thornton. I think it just allows these other guys to play a role that better fits the overall team and offense, that even though there's not a whole lot of changes, I think they drastically improve in the passing department, and Mac Jones takes a a ginormous step forward because he's more than capable of doing it. He just didn't really have that opportunity last year, and you saw at times that, they weren't really opening up the full playbook for him. They weren't giving him every opportunity. The biggest worry that I have with New England's offense is if Matt Patricia's call in place. <laughs> then all of a sudden I get a little bit worried. Facts. Because, that's, because a, that, that's a
0: damn fact. That,
1: that worries me a little bit. Going from McDaniel
2: to, to Patricia would, would kind of scare me call in place. Which, thankfully, we don't have to worry about that because right now uh, he's going to be taking care of the offensive line, and hopefully that's about the extent hopefully. of that role. With that said, um, Mac Jones was about middle of the pack in deep ball accuracy last season. His senior year at Alabama, he was actually number one in there. FBS in deep ball accuracy.
0: Yes, Again, he also had he vol- studs to throw to. Correct. Correct. <laughs> yes. Exactly. And speedy, also the volume was there. speedy studs. Yes.
2: Yeah. I mean, he had he had Waddle and Devontae Smith. So, but he wasn't throwing the ball downfield. You know. As often, you know, almost like a two a situation, you know, he has the ability, he just doesn't do it very often. And of course, with this most recent cast of characters that he's had, it hasn't given him that much of an opportunity. Does Parker change that? Not really, because he's not a guy that's going to stretch the field as much. It is going to open up more opportunities. So I think Mac Jones is going to take a step forward in general, but I don't think that deep ball accuracy is going to waver as much just because I don't think there's going to be as many opportunities more so than they were last year.
0: So I'll I'll provide some uplift for your Mac Money Jones take here in your New England Patriots because I that you, you stole the thunder right out of my mouth when it came to F being number one in the FBS because we saw it and, and the 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 one thing we and it sticks in my head even to this day even though we scouted that film like two years ago, right? He was always on point when it came to hitting those wide receivers with speed like a Jalen Waddle. You never once saw Jalen Waddle slow up for a Mac money pass. So it's not because his right. It's not that he has a Mahomes, Josh Allen cannon of an arm. It was more the fact that his timing and the release to get that ball where it needed to be for Waddle to run underneath it. Tyquan Thornton is that speedster man. He is a track guy coming from Baylor. He, I've seen him play. His game is not horrible. Is he going to be a wide receiver one in this league? No, that was an overdraft 100 percent by Bill Belichick again but they're going to test men and they're going to test over and often with Thornton. And they're going to see how many times they can make the defense be honest. And I think you're going to see a lot of Thornton going deep and it's going to be like uh, comparable to like a uh, Jalen Guyton, I think is the best way I can put that in uh, from the chargers. You know, you, you, how Herbie goes deep to Guyton, I think is how we're going to see Thornton be used in this offense, which in turn is going to open up everything else, including the run game. I think Mac money Jones is going to have a very good year.
2: I hope so. I mean, in Thornton, he ran what a four two five, four two eight official time
0: track so, I mean, speed, yeah,
2: baby. The, 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 I mean, absolute track speed. Um, it's just going to be a matter of, you know, is going to be able to get off the line and use some physicality to actually create That's some it. separation. That's it. Yeah. But if he can,
0: if he can.
1: Oh, yeah, if he, then like, 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 it's going to open up so much more, not so much for Tyquan Thornton. I'm not beating the drum to draft him at all. Cause I don't know if no, he's the guy either. that I don't think he benefits a whole lot him. from him. I think he just, he benefits the other guys on the offense. And like you said, especially the running game. And it's another yeah. reason why we love Damian Harris, because mm. if the opposing defenses can just have anything to pay
2: attention to on the outside, that's only going to help. What he's going to be him. able to do with that speed is, Not only control what's going on with the cornerback position, but they may even put a safety over the top just to make sure that he doesn't take the top off that defense, which means guys like Jacoby Myers, Aguilar, Hunter Henry are going to have more opportunities in those, you know, 10 to 15 yard areas over the middle where that safety normally isn't going to be.
1: What about your other high paid tight end?
2: Yeah, he can keep he can keep getting those jet sweeps. I'm just fine. That's all he's there for. Jet sweeps (laughs) and 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 dropping wide open passes when he's like five yards over the line of scrimmage.
0: Sixty million dollars for a jet sweeping (laughs) tight end. Good Lord Almighty, New England. Oh, we're so smart. You know, man, fact or fiction, rookie Desmond Ritter. he It's only a matter of time, apparently, until he starts for the Atlanta Falcons. So let's set the over and under bar because Marcus Mariota is the current starter, as we said today. This could change in camp. So, I mean, let's set the over under at five games for Desmond Ritter to become the Atlanta Falcons starting quarterback.
2: Ooh, I'm going to say I'm going to go over because I'm looking at their schedule, they go Saints, Rams, Seahawks, Browns, Bucks. I think after they lose Week Five to the Bucks, then they bring him in. Wait, man, look at the right t- after he's got San Francisco, Cincinnati. I mean,
0: yep. It's not, it's, yep, and then and then Week
1: Nine he's got the Chargers. I mean, I don't. Good lord. Me personally, I don't look at Desmond Ritter as like a Malik Willis type case where I want the kid to sit for a year and figure it out because there's zero expectations for Atlanta. Like. They're not supposed to win the division. They're not supposed to be contenders. They don't have, you know, all their starters out there and ready to go. Because without Calvin Ridley, throw him out there. Just give him the game right. experience right. right now. Just just let him start to start the season and 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 see what happens. Because that's that's where you're really going to know whether this kid has it or he doesn't it's just a different situation than with most rookies cuz like i said with Malik Willis like i want him to sit for a year right i right. want he wasn't ready with Ritter given the situation in atlanta what do you got to lose just throw him out there right away and i think if we see him lighted up in camp in the preseason i would like to say the under but i think what chris said about the schedule i don't know if they throw him to the Wolves that early being some of these big name teams, these big name pass rushes that he's going to see to start the season. That's, that's going to be tough for him, especially with new Orleans, LA Cleveland and Tampa Bay
2: for the first five games. And, and with, you know, being as young as he is, you know, this is a team that's not set up for success, you know, in the, in the the near future. All right. So let him fail. Okay. But also let him know, you Know make sure that he still has that confidence, being like, Hey, like we're gonna get you the game experience. You know, don't hold him completely accountable, don't put him on a know, leash and say, Hey, don't do exactly. that for, for that that he may or may not lose. Cause yes, you're gonna lose games your rookie year. I mean, Paint Manning had the all-time record for most interceptions thrown by rookies. So let him fail, let him learn, but let him progress and evolve as an NFL quarterback and learn from those mistakes. Don't do what they did with Tua and have him on a short leash in and, and, out, you know, in and out and and take him out when he doesn't perform well,
0: yeah, relief pitcher style, man, does this does this kind of you know what's funny? It had it in the in the gut. it just it popped him you know sometimes the thoughts just pop into your head. Does this got Russell Wilson Matt Flynn competition in camp written all over it where is not saying Ritters Russell Wilson, I'm just saying. Does it because we didn't think Russ was going to be Russ until he turned into Russ? But I'm saying, are you
2: saying Mariota is Matt Flynn?
0: Basically, <laughs> poor bastard. Be I like
2: Mariota. Did they
1: pay Mariota too much money to not start him? No, uh, I don't because he's making, making about 10 million a year this year. Yeah. Nope, that's I not too much. I, yeah,
0: that's not too much. I mean, if they could do it to Flynn, who was making like 45 <laughs> a year, I don't know,
1: <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> I, I mean, if it's me, I think throwing him out there. Right away is the best option. I mean, you got a bunch of young talent with Drake, London, Kyle Pitts. Let them start working on that chemistry.
0: Yeah, man. Let them figure and, it out together. I yeah, like that exactly.
1: Too. And then all of a sudden they work that out, and then maybe you add Calvin Ridley back next year, and now all of a sudden you have something to actually build off of. So you're looking at a a window of maybe three years before you're uber competitive again. But at least you're
2: you're moving in the right direction. And also those young play those young core players that you mentioned, London, Kyle Pitts calvin ridley who's what 27 at this point but at least that young core will still be fairly young when you are ready to compete Mm
0: -hmm. i dig it i dig it man but that's that's you know that's another fun game we like to play here and i had fun i'm still thinking about
1: julio in indianapolis (laughs) Yeah,
2: it's not as fun as the the couch game but it's it's still fun what was the couch game you don't want are you (laughs) are you pulling in (laughs) or pulling out oh yeah now I get
1: it. I didn't realize that the couch came, but I, I got, now I get it.
0: Chris has a love affair with his couch. I don't know what's, what's up going with, on. What do you do with your couch? I don't do, do you, that with my couch. Do you spot shine that shit and Scotch Guard and everything? Don't, don't answer that because I don't just, want to know. Just let it marinate. Damn, <laughs> <E-M-O>. oh, <laughs> God, just let it marinate. Oh, unless you guys got something else, I think, you know, that was fun.
2: I, I have nothing.
1: I'm just going to sit here and try to figure out a way to send Julio to Indianapolis. That's all you, I'm doing. Yes,
0: you are. <laughs> I'm trying to I make it like work it. right
1: now. I'm trying. I'm, I'm going to make a phone call. I He's need to get a lot of people right now.
0: I, I need to get a signed Julio Jones jersey in my office here. I need it. I need it now. Really? Yeah. Julio what what if it's my a Titans favorite. No, no. It's got to be ATL, man. It's got to be a Falcons be bring, one. Don't be bringing no Titans shit in my... Sorry, Titans fans. I don't want that. Why? Hey, That's Why, why, you the, why, the, why do I you hate the Titans? I just don't like them. Music I City bought an AJ Miracle, Brown fuck them.
2: Jersey last year. I'm glad I didn't. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> that, was, that would have that been was what, what was that one you bought recently? That was you, you mean, basically. Which, which,
2: which one?
0: The Cam mean, Newton jersey.
2: The, the Cam Newton and the Gilmore jersey.
0: Oh, yeah. geez, the Cam, Cam one's even
2: shipped- worse. They're
0: both stripped off the same next season. I understand the Steph Gilmore oh, jersey, I, but this guy—he's like, check this out, guys! I got a Cam Newton jersey. We're and like, also, in oh, Kill Harry. Poor investment.
1: You do and have a Nick Kill Harry. Harry. I forgot yeah. about that one. <laughs> yeah. Whoever's jersey you buy, did you buy a Jonathan Taylor jersey? <laughs> yep. Oh God, fade Jonathan Taylor.
2: Also, Damn no. It. Jake, I also have a Nick Chubb jersey too. So, oh, oh sorry. So at
1: least I can counteract that one by having my own. <laughs> That's true. So I'm looking here. Would you take down the framed Andre Reed for a framed Julio?
0: No, it's got to be together. Okay, they well got, they got to live. They got to live together. And in, in well, How like much
2: it? is Julio right now? I don't know. Uh, Julio
1: Jones's one was like eighty-four dollars for a framed Julio jersey. Oh, dude.
0: Oh, baby. The black That's, one uh, or the know. red? The black or red jersey?
1: It's red with the black trim. Oh, baby. And it's got, um,
0: yeah,
1: it's got the the Falcons logos. It's got two pictures and a little nameplate at the bottom that says Julio Jones, number 11. He signed it right out there on the, on the 11.
2: Oh, and underneath that little writing, it says, don't worry, Jake, I'm on my way to Indy. <laughs> I'm trying to. I'm gonna, trying to
0: make it, gonna make it. Happen.
2: I don't even think he has that great of a
1: year there. I just no. want to see him back in Indianapolis. That's all I, I mean I, yeah, I think it'd
0: be great, man. Back with Matty Ice. They'll, they'll I mean, I like it. It. him. Oh, yeah. mean,
1: he
2: would not be like somebody I throw up my rankings super high, but 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 I, that would be like a fan favorite. Like I would love to root for him. Oh, they have this. a black
1: one too, Chouse. Oh yes, yes. They got they got the black with like the red shadow letters.
0: Yes, I'll take. They, do they have old school ones?
1: No, not right now. Damn. Damn. It's it. they got twenty seven minutes left on the auction. It's one hundred and five dollars. Oh, okay, that's that's not bad.
0: That's decent. But, but where would that. you put it? I'll find room. We could just readjust a little bit. I'll find room. Would you have, have to, to get the like the a widescreen camera? Yeah. Yeah. Or I'd, or I'd move that picture frame above my helmets there and side by side.
1: No, because this thing is the size of your oh, read it's one. The,
0: it's the full size. Yeah. Oh. Yeah.
1: Oh, I see.
0: Yeah, that's, that's going to be a little trickier to do. It's like these either ones.
1: or. I know the people that were saying these ones. It's like these ones. Oh, okay. I see. Oh, that's a full. Yeah, that's a full size. Yeah, so that's kind of what the Julio is. Uh, you got to find some real estate.
0: I got How's plans your, you this need need weekend. You, <laughs> you need a bigger basement. You need a bigger basement. Need a bigger office, man. Damn it! I wasn't <laughs> thinking straight. Shit.
1: We could just settle for a Julio Jones rookie card. It'll fit right there on one of those shelves.
2: <laughs> Put it right in between the the frame and the Bills. And helmet. Prop it up on the football. The that's helmet.
1: between the two Bills helmets. Just, there we go. Yeah, I'll do that. They got a signed rookie card for only twenty bucks. Damn, I think you save disrespect. yourself
0: eighty bucks. Boom. Look at that. The, the, and real disrespect.
1: estate, you save yourself. <laughs> You're welcome. And
0: and and an effort in changing up my entire office.
2: That's right
1: all right well now that we've now that we've rearranged your office and bought you (laughs) things and listeners
0: you're welcome for this yeah yeah this is bonus bonus mileage on the show but nevertheless man so on that note that is the show thanks so much for tuning in to all listeners thank you for all the support and until next time stay safe and be kind to each other i'm out